They say what goes around, comes around Oh, make my mama proud, it's a high I'm off the ground Never look them down, my throne sits at the top And it's to the crown They say what goes around, comes around So what up? What's going on? What's going on? It's your boy Kato, Cat Olive Chronicles. I'm here with my homie. Introduce yourself. Hi. Welcome to, to thecrownproductions.com, where dope artists find dope beats and whack ones die. If you're a dope artist looking for dope beats, head over to tothecrownproductions.com and purchase your beats today. If you're not a dope artist and you try and get on my beats, fucking kill yourself. Jeez. That's a that's a an amazing intro. I yeah. was not uh, mine was like seven words. Was like <laughs> full on paragraph. What's going on, man? Not much, man. Just living life, trying to make my way in this Minnesota music scene. If you guys don't know who this is, this is I've known this man for what? How long? How long now? Ten years. So he was one of my first like big inspirations in this music shit because. I met him when I was wrestling in college at the University of Minnesota. Went over to your place. My place in Town. Um, yep, right 23rd in. 23rd Avenue Southeast. Yeah. 816 yep. or 819. Something like that. Something like that. Uh, he said he did music. I came over and like he literally was recording himself, mixing, mastering, and editing. He was way ahead of the curve. Um, just, just with his mind and being independent and doing this music thing. And now, if you don't know, he's one of the... You know, top promoters, easily the, the biggest promoter in Minnesota. I mean, who have you brought out like so far with CLM Presents? Jeez. Oh, TI, DMX, CeeLo Green, Migos, Twice, The Baby, Twice was involved. So the Migos and The Baby were with another promoter, but I, I, I was instrumental in getting the deal done. Yeah. I mean, it's Super Bowl, the yep. list is uh, it's massive. Massive. I mean, Cascade, G-Eazy, yeah, freaking Afrojack. What was your fa- what, what? What? What was your? What has been, in your opinion, doesn't necessarily have to be like funds or like. But what's your been your most successful show to you? You know, personally, that you look back and going, that was an awesome show, like an awesome event. Uh, I have three that come to mind. One of them was Ti. Okay. Um, financially, it wasn't it wasn't a huge success, but. Uh, the deal got done super late. Okay. Like we literally announced the show 13 days before it was supposed to happen. Um, his whole crew, his his uh, right hand man, his name is C Rod. I still talk to him every now and again. Super just down to earth dude. The only guy I actually didn't talk to was Ti. Okay, but um, they were on time. Like everything about them screamed professionalism, mm-hmm. and. Uh, the show itself was was fucking phenomenal. He performed way longer than what he needed to and just put on a show for the fans in the poorhouse, really intimate show. Um, the other two both took place at Caboose, one um, October 2017 with Currency. Okay. Um, I, I, I'm going to say this now. I'm not a huge, I'm a huge rap head, but yeah. I'm not a huge fan of all the artists I bring. Okay. Yeah, I book I artists it. based upon either past history or gut feeling or someone saying, hey, this would be the right thing to do. And Currency came across my plate and we haggled quite a bit on the price because Currency had a very large independent name, but I was never like, I never really listened to Currency's music. So I was like, how's this going to go over? How did his last show go? It's been a while since he's been here and uh, paid a a reasonable price and sales were slow-ish. And then uh, fuck, 48 hours out, just online tickets started just mm. popping, popping, popping. And then the walk-up was fucking phenomenal. We did, like, I was, I was guessing the show was going to do, like, 350, 400. We did, like, 650. Wow. Which blew my expectations. And I'm actually, you can ask my team, I'm, like, really good at being, like, within, like, 25. Mm-hmm. Like, we'll, we'll take bets, like, a couple days out. Like, what do you think this show is going to do? And we'll take bets. And I'm usually the one that's always the most accurate. <laughs> so that one, I totally... That blew my socks off, and I'm glad to be wrong. Yeah, in, on the course. right side, of course. And uh, he put on a great show, and then uh, Dave East. Ooh, yeah, that was. Uh, when did you bring him out? Uh, it was December of last year. Okay. Um, super. His oh my god, his. I felt like every time I talked to someone from his camp, though, I was talking to a different manager. Hey, I'm his manager. So there was like 
probably five people, but they, again, they, them too, they were like super professional. Like they sent me their call sheet for the day, like bus call time, time they're getting out from the hotel. Is that Styles P and him, are you saying? Or just Dave East. Just Dave, okay. just Dave East. Gotcha. And uh, like when they were going to the radio station, like they just kept me in the loop like no one has ever done. Like I'm usually having to beg them for information. Like, yeah. can you please communicate with me? Yeah. Um, and they were just, they were on it. They were on time. Actually, they were a little bit late, but they, it was more like traffic related. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, his manager, Bully, super fucking cool dude. Super kind of, super intimidating when you look at him, but like when you talk to him, super down to earth. Yeah. Um, I was like by his side the whole night. He just was complimenting on our professionalism, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And then the funny part about it was is at the end of the night, uh, when they were doing the meet and greet, you could tell Davies was just just beat. He was exhausted, mm-hmm. you know, being on tour. Like just yeah, for sure. Mentally and physically tears you down. And I kept seeing Bully getting in all the meet and greet pictures. And I was like, why is the manager in all these meet and greet pictures? So I, in between pictures, I walked up to him and I was like, are you like low-key famous and I don't like know about this? And he's like, you should peep my, peep my, my Instagram. And I was like, oh shit, okay. So I looked him up. He's got like 45,000 followers. So he is actually kind of famous. He's like Ben Dave's like right-hand man for oh, a long okay. time. So he's okay. like, He's in all the videos. He's in yeah. a lot of his press and he's promo. He's in the camp. He's a, yeah. totally like, yeah. and like deservedly show, so because he just, he brings a lot of value. Mm, so okay. those are probably the three that were awesome. really uh, the ones that stick out the most. I mean, it's crazy because like when I, when I think of it, you know, and think of where you came from, like you were doing the independent music thing, you know, and you were, you were killing it in your own regard. You had your fan base. I was trying. Yeah, I mean, you had your fan base, you had your loyal fans, you know what I mean? When you drop, people responded. You understand what I'm saying? Like, in today, even in today's standards, the views that you were getting back then are still not, like, they're still pretty damn good. Like, when you look back at the time, like, I look back at the time when I, like, went viral, you know what I mean, with, like, ones in the sky and all mm-hmm. that. Bro, when you look at those numbers, like, compared to today, had you been doing that in today's terms, it's a you know what I mean. It's a little bit different. It it's arguable that you were bigger or could have been bigger than you were at that at that time. You know, in retrospect, yeah. you know what I mean. Because when we did it, and I always argue this point all the time, it's like we didn't have the platforms that these people had. No, you know, we were figuring out how to use YouTube. Yeah, SoundCloud was uh, big based upon what it excuse me, gave DJs the opportunity to do with uh, remixes is, remixes, and not having to deal with licensing issues and royalties. Mm-hmm. Um, but you didn't really... 2009, there was no such thing as a SoundCloud rapper. That was not a thing. Bro, SoundClick. Uh, that's where I put... Yeah, that's where YouTube... Sound. People weren't, like, getting famous off YouTube. YouTube, even though YouTube's been around for a hot minute, people were just... The mainstream was just really getting acclimated to shit, okay, MTV and BET are dead. Now that now we need to start using this platform to actually launch releases and premiere new music and all yes. these things. Like, yep. I definitely, that, that's something that I try to talk, I'm going to talk about more in the podcast is how to maximize uh, your exposure levels with what you have at your disposal now. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, it's crazy. I, I still haven't figured out the formula. And I, I still to this day, like I'll take 20, 30 minutes a day and I'll, Try to think of creative new ways to market Nate, yep. right? And it's yep. like, what are we missing? Mm-hmm. How can a dude be this fucking talented and have this? Well, I say it to this day. Yeah, this Nate, loyal of a fan base. Nate's him, crazy, yeah. him and Cashy both have. They're so fucking good, and it's like, why can't I get them to more people? I can. I can make introductions business wise that you know, maybe able to get you in touch with an entertainment lawyer who might be able to make this relationship with this. And it's just like it's like one dead end after another, even though right out the gates, it feels like this is the right move. Mm-hmm. And it's like, fuck, man. They like, don't know where we came from. The biggest thing is like, they, I don't think people like know where we came from. We came from a time when there was, there was no one had a million views on YouTube. Not you remember in, that? Not you remember independently. That? You remember, yeah, exactly. You remember when there was literally no million, million view video? Like, I remember when 10,000 views was a big deal. Was a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I made the when I when the whole ones in the sky happened. I made the paper off of fifteen thousand views in a week, right. you know, or what, however long. Yeah, it was about a week. That was a big deal. Not necessarily a big deal. It's still good numbers. Well, Those I mean, are great numbers. Think about but, that. 
think about translate that into this, in the situation when Nate made Kings of the North. Yep. Had that song done the views without the attachment to the Vikings, nobody would have fucking cared. Yeah. Because now that's that's the norm. If you're not doing those numbers, yep. then you're not. Like, I mean, the video for Psychosis we just dropped and it got. I was great. That was a great video. Got a, like 1,300 views in the first 18 hours, and I I, I find that to be a win. Yeah. Because of yep. how much. All the platforms are crunching down on external links. Yes, exactly. Wanting you to stay inside exactly. their platform, and it's yep. so hard to get people to click two times. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's that's why YouTube is, is monetizing now. This is know? a different tangent, but or Facebook, Facebook yep. is monetizing because they're trying to they're trying to get people to get out of the habit of just taking a shit and scrolling through a feed. Mm-hmm. And if you and if you look at, into the analytics, you see that like ninety five percent of your views are only three to ten second views. Because they're only gaining that retention while they're scrolling through their feed, because yes. they, their time is limited to actually be on Facebook. Yep. But now they're they're making it more so for people like us that mm-hmm. want to put out content, mm-hmm. the ability to monetize it, and really saying, okay, well, well, shit, if I'm only getting three to ten second views, but my view count is ten thousand, I know that that doesn't mean shit. But if I can get a thousand views on YouTube and I'm, I'm looking at my YouTube stats that say that 75% of the people are watching this all the way through, that's good. I think Facebook saw that and said, well, we got to do something for our users. Mm-hmm. We need to somehow not help them, but make them want to post all the content here. Exactly. Which is a big fucking deal. Would you argue that it's almost easier to go viral on Facebook nowadays than oh, YouTube? Oh, 100%. Absolutely. I agree. With the share. With the share. Yep. Yep. I mean, that, uh, the white rapper beef week video that Nate did that video. I mean, fuck my phone's over there. I, I don't even know how many shares that that thing got organically, but we, we didn't even put <clears throat> excuse me, money behind it to advertise it until it had already hit like 40,000 views on Facebook and had like, can you have my phone? I want to yeah, look it up. Gosh, I, I want to see how many shares that thing had. But while I'm looking this up, let's talk about some other, other things just real quick. Let's, let's dive back into this. Yeah. At the beginning. Yeah. Like he said, I was like 2009. I was living in Dinky Town. <laughs> yeah, he was the right. big man coming up. Uh, uh, All-state wrestler. Would you have like yeah. two, two back-to-back championships yep. or something like that? Yep. Have, have those records been broken since? Um, I mean, yeah, so, I mean, there's obviously been state champions and shit like that, but not for my area. You know not, what I mean? Not like this man. This man was, was a terror. Yeah. And uh, you got injured your freshman year, right? Uh, it was actually my sophomore year. You had a red shirt? My, yeah, I suffered my uh, fifth concussion. I was out. Yeah. So he uh, started spending more time doing music. Yep. We uh, had a, a mutual friend named Xavier mm-hmm. who uh, was dealing with some of his own injuries. What's going on, Xavier? What's up, boss? He watches all of these. Uh, he was dealing with uh, some knee injuries. I think yep. it was ACL. Yep. Both knees, actually. Something like that, yeah. Uh, so he was getting red shirted the whole time and... X was just rapid fire, just dope lyricist. His, mm-hmm. his voice was just, I don't want to, no homo, but his voice was attractive on yeah, a song. Yeah, for sure. Like you heard his voice for and sure. you're like, oh, I want to hear what this guy he has to say. He was the first rapper that I ever wanted to work with, you know, and we did. How did I, did, did I meet him through you or did, yeah. did I, I think he vice came versa? Over. I think he came over because I told him you had a studio and you needed to meet him. How did we meet? I don't know. I don't remember that. I just know I came over did to your you, place. Did you see me rapping at the Pike Party? Is that where it was? Holy shit. That yeah. was it because I was performing there too. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, be, yeah. yeah, because they asked me to perform. That's where I met you. Yep. And you said you did music and you recorded all your own shit. 1,000, 1,049 shares. Ooh. Before yeah. you. It, it actually it probably hit like 500 shares for then you put money into it. But that's yeah. the actual stats on it right there. Fire. I don't know if you can read that. Fire. Yeah. We can put it up on the screen too. But uh, yeah, so I was rapping at a Pike party because I was a, uh, I was a Pike. Yeah, I was uh, in. in that's college, how we met. Yep, that's how. Back we in met. the day, somebody introduced us. Yep. 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 So then he comes over. We do a couple things. Next, you know, he introduces me to X. Next, you know, X is coming over. I think my Megan was. Who are these fucking? <laughs> who are these people coming into my home? Yes. And I'm like, don't worry about it. We're mm-hmm. up till two o'clock in the morning doing music in the yep. basement, and I'm downstairs putting up fucking cheap ass, not styrofoam, but the cushy foamy shit yep. all yep. over the concrete. Yep. Still, I, I couldn't even get that stuff off when we moved. By the way, really, it was stuck there. <laughs> but yeah, doing music, doing mixtapes, and uh, 
I was doing a, I was doing a ton of shows at that time, mm-hmm. uh, and I always give uh, Prince Carlton from Pledge Empire a shout out. Oh, nice! I didn't know you worked with him. Yeah, so this is how this happened. So I was in, living in Seattle. I was doing a ton of shows there um, with two other guys, which I, if they ever see this, I apologize. I, their names are blanking yeah, right now. Um, so I come to Minnesota, and it's like starting fresh. We yeah. moved because Megan was uh, going to get her PhD at the U. That's right. Yep. So I'm here. I'm starting fresh. I'm trying to figure out how the fuck am I going to get into this new music scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was actually my biggest concern. It wasn't like, hey, where are we going to live? What am, where, where am I going to work? It was, how am I going to get back into the music mm-hmm. scene? Because I finally felt like in Seattle I was starting to make waves. Um, and uh, I had a uh, Reverb Nation account, yep. which I barely ever checked, and I happened to check <laughs> it one day, and I had a message from Pledge Empire Records, and uh, a guy introducing himself saying, hey, my name's Prince Carlton, mm-hmm. I, I do some local shows, I checked out your music, I think you'd fit in well with us. Mm-hmm. So I started doing shows with them, and even though Prince may not acknowledge this or ever admit it, I was actually the one that gave him the idea to start holding locals accountable for tickets. Dope. Because when we first started doing it, it, there was no ticket minimums. There was no, it was like, hey, show up or don't. And it wasn't really working out. So then he started, we started doing that. I started helping him run the shows. And then I think it was like 2011, a producer reached out to me. His name's Corey Barton. He's a phenomenal engineer. He's, he's the fuck. He's the man. I'm pretty okay. sure he does like podcasting for Amazon now. Okay. He's a dope motherfucker. And I've, I've gotten him a ton of work from a lot of my homies. Okay. Um, he had reached out to me and said, hey, man, I stumbled across your music like a couple months ago. I make beats. Would you want to check out some of my stuff? And I checked out one of his tracks. Um, it was a, a dang, 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 just like bass heavy thing. And I yeah. was like, this isn't like a typical rap song, but I'm like, I like this beat. So that's start, when you started rapping on all that extra shit. I started, I, yeah. just, I started thinking, I'm like, okay, I'm, going to, I'm doing all these shows at Pledge. You know, you know much respect to Prince and Sed and, and Stilo. Stilo is still one of my favorite rappers to this day. Okay. I feel honored when that motherfucker wants to do a track with me because he just lights out. And I'm like, but I don't feel like this is my lane of rap. Mm-hmm. That's how I started to think. Yeah. So then me and Corey start working together. He starts doing a lot of really creative things in my mixes. And I'm like, okay, this, the vibe of where we're going right now does not fit with this local scene. Yeah. But I had no other outlet. I had no other, nowhere else to go. Mm-hmm. And uh, started getting really heavy into doing more electronic stuff because I was starting to think like, okay, what can I do outside of me being hype and crazy on stage yeah. that makes people want to get up and jump and dance? Because mm-hmm. I'm at all these local shows and like the mood is just kind of kind of dead mm-hmm. unless it's your homie on stage yeah but i'm like i want to please everybody i want to be a lyricist as much as possible i want to yep. make the like, most catchy hooks i possibly can and i want to make up tempo music mm-hmm. so i decided this is this is the route i'm going to go yep so i started making these records and uh i got i think maybe kid kane maybe somebody else i forget they they invited me to come to uh a guest spot at a club okay it wasn't a normal pledge show and uh, I went and did it, and like the whole club was was dancing the whole time. Love the vibe. And then uh, one of the guys that had done a lot of pledge shows, he's like, "Bro, he's like, what are you doing rapping with us?" I was like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "You're not on. We're on different levels. Like you are here, and we're over here. Not like levels, but like yeah, yeah, yeah. we're we're here, and you're here. Mm-hmm. This isn't the right scene for you." Yeah. So I, I talked to Prince about that, and I was like, "Yo, I think I'm gonna step back from doing some of these shows." My buddy I was working with, uh, he, was a, he was a painter, and uh, he loved my music. Okay. He was the first person that ever loaned or invested money in me to do a show where I brought somebody in. Nice. So me and Prince did it collectively together, kind of ran the show, built it together, and then like it just started to take off from there. That, that was like the beginning of me wanting to book artists, oh. because I started to see like... And a, where was that in your career? Like, where would the, I mean... 2012. Okay. So it was like, a, that, that, another reason was like, same thing for like moving from Seattle to Minnesota. When I finally felt like I've hit my stride in Minnesota, then it was time to move. Mm-hmm. And that was like my first thought again. Like, I put all this time and effort into doing this. Yep. Um, but yeah, we, we ran the show, brought the artist in, flipped it, did it again, yep. flipped it, did it again. Yep. And then uh, at that time, I started working for Chris Webby doing marketing. Mm-hmm. And I was like fuck, Webby's got a really good fan base. I started to think, okay, well, how can I run these shows, 
invest in them, make some bank, not get fired from my job, yep. and then also uh, keep growing my name through another artist. And that's kind of where like me starting to book Midwest tours and, and doing that, and then I booked a national tour, and it just kept like growing and growing and growing. And finally, it just got to a point to where like every night, excuse me, I was stressed the fuck out because I was like, all of a sudden I was like, oh shit, I got to be on stage. And I started to forget what it was like to be an artist. My, I felt like my stage show was suffering because I was getting pulled in so many different directions. Yep. I was trying to run a show and make sure that everything was on time, trying to make sure the money was right. Yep. A lot of things that started to like click business-wise, I was like literally learning on the fucking fly. On the go, yeah. But a lot of the venue guys that I was working with, whether or not it was another promoter who brought the show in or if it was the venue, like they loved me. Yeah. And those relationships just kept being more fruitful for me. I could keep booking more shows and it wasn't like, oh, you did one show, fuck off, and now we're going to do this ourselves. I, they let me keep coming back in because they liked my work ethic, my organization, my communication. Mm -hmm. And then when we moved, um, I, I was just like, I talked to Megan. I was like, I, I just, we started talking about having kids. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm working this it wasn't a dead-end job. It was a fine job. I was, yeah. I was doing, like, AV installs. Yep. But I'm like, I don't see where this is going to go. Mm -hmm. I don't see this. And I was like... Ah, how do you create the freedom? How do, I, how do I still be an artist? Yeah, for sure. The only way I could do that is if I keep coming back to Minnesota. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to do that. <laughs> Which is irony at its finest right now. Yeah. Since we're in Minnesota. Yeah. But I just, like, I, I'm going to keep making records but I'm not gonna push and pursue it as hard as I was. Yeah. And then it just was like a switch. Like she got pregnant with Max and I was just finally like, you know what? I don't wanna rap anymore. Mm. And it was just, it had, it, it, I hate to say this, but it had nothing to do with her or Max. It was like, I cannot be successful at both at the same time. Yeah, for sure. Okay. And at that yeah. time, I started to think about my age, yep. started to think about my travel schedule, and I'm like, I can't fucking do this. Mm -hmm. So I just dove more into the promotion, even though I was still doing it part-time because I had a job. Yeah. So then that just, that became the focus. I stopped, stopped rapping, stopped doing videos, stopped re-upping my annual fees for like TuneCore, so a lot of my music fell off of certain things. I actually re-upped all that stuff because... Still getting royalties off that shit. Yeah, like, I get a ton of fucking plays in Europe, which I honestly can say this. Like, if I was to get someone to be like, hey, man, you want to go to Europe because you have a lot of stats? I'd be like, fuck yes. Mm -hmm. I would come out of retirement for that in a yeah. heartbeat. Yeah, of course. But, yeah, I, I stopped creating my own music, but I was still doing features for other homies. Like, and, like, it was the dopest part about it is, like, it gave me the opportunity to stop writing so much. Mm -hmm. So when I did, oh, my God. Uh, it was up. like, yep. I'm coming hard for you on this fucking song. You might not want to record your verse until you hear mine. Because yep. if you send me yours finished, yep. you're going to be really upset. Yep. And I did like four or five features where I just like, and those are tracks now that I play my homies and they're like, oh my God, why did you stop rapping? For sure. I was like, because life, man. Yeah. yeah. And I, I'm, I, I, every But you're around it. That's the thing. Huge. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that's, you're getting the balance because you're around it, which is, and, and your mind is still going. It's not like you're, you stop rapping. Your mind is always going. Your mind is always thinking yeah. of like something. Well, on that know? topic of age real quick, um, I'm, I just turned 35. Okay. And people always confuse me for 28, 29, 30. It's your energy. Um, but a lot of the guys that I pick up, that I had picked up, one of the first things I ask them is how old are you? Yeah. I don't care how old you are, yeah. but I want to know if you care how old you are. And like Nate is 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 making different life choices right now. I don't think age has anything to do with it, but mm -hmm. he's, he's looking at some of the decisions he made earlier on in his career that have put him where he is now. Yep. Um, if those hadn't have happened, he might be more uh, passionate about continuing to do it as a, uh, an art form, as an actual like rapper in, in the public. Yeah. We've collectively decided that he's still going to do music. Mm -hmm. He's not going to stop, mm -hmm. but we're going to be less pushy for things that are going to be less fruitful. Yes. Of course, bro. And it sucks because I, I, me and Nate, like I met him in 2012 and he's been my brother since that day. Like I love his mom to death, like mm -hmm. ride or fucking die. Nate's a great dude. And, and to great come up dude. with him in, in the business and give him 
tips and tricks and knowing the whole fucking time that this guy could wrap circles around me. He can make 10 times better music than me, but he still wants to be around me because mm-hmm. we're brothers. Yeah. We love each other. Yep. And we, we did a joint fucking EP together, which mm. I thought was some of the best work I'd ever done. Yeah. Um, he's done better work, but he was in a different mental state at that yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, I mean, Jaron Benton. It's I, cool that you guys can be real like that. You know, like that you are self-aware enough to like say these things. 100%. All of it. 100%. I, mean? I tell people all the time, like, I never have a conversation with one person that I won't have with another. Yeah. Because I don't, in this business, in this That's business. That's everything, bro. That's everything. But people don't learn, people don't know that. Yeah. People, Some people get, don't. get shit twisted. They think, like, oh, I have to be this type of person with this person and this type of person with this person. Well, what happens whenever those two people fucking meet? Exactly. And things that you've been saying don't link up. Exactly. I can't have that perception. Yep. I'm 100% real all the fucking time. All the time. Yep. If I tell you something and I say, Joel, you're a piece of shit, yep. you fucked up. Yep. If someone says, hey, man, did you talk to Joel? I'm like, yeah, I told him he's a piece of shit <laughs> exactly. and he fucked up. Exactly. Exactly. Why? 100%. Dude, like. Especially in the music business, that authenticity is needed to weed through the bullshit, man, because there's so many things. Like, let's talk about it. There's people now that reach out to you all the let's time. Talk, let's talk about this real quick. I want to address the age thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, go so ahead. So, like, right. uh, Jaron Benton. Yep. He's like 37. Nobody would know that. Nobody would know that. All yeah. like the Midwestern, uh, like country rappers, like Struggle, yep. Jelly, all these guys are in the 30s. Yep. And they're just now starting to make waves. Mm-hmm. Persistency is the fucking key. Yes. And if your driving factor is your fucking age, you're going to fail miserably. 100%. And I can, I can say that from experience. I kept thinking, like, I keep thinking this now, and people say, hey, man, you're, you look like you're 29, 30. I'm like, I do wish I had five years back, but I don't wish I had five years back because no. I wouldn't fucking know what I know now. Exactly. I wouldn't be in this position. Yeah. But anyways, what were you going to say? I was going to say, you know, talking about the authenticity, right? That's why people come to you now, and they want to work with you. You know you got people hitting you up going, oh, I know you're putting on these shows. Hey, man. Da, 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 da. They- I announced Futuristic Day, and I got like 12 messages in the first like six minutes. And I was like, I even messaged, it was Kid Automatic, who's one of the most reliable acts in Minnesota, and he's yeah. dope as fuck. Yeah. Literally, it was almost like the second I hit publish on the Facebook event, I had a message from him. Mm-hmm. And I was like, would you just like sit around like waiting for my page to refresh? Notifications, man. Notifications. Fuck. Notifications. But like what, what I'm saying is the reason you get to a point where you've had the success that you've had in the business with promoting is your authenticity. You know what I mean? It's your relationships. You talked about it. I met people and became friends. Mm. I met people going around and became friends. I just saw on Instagram yesterday, uh, somebody said, do shows, make friends. You want success in music? Do shows, make friends. Make friends. Be nice to people. Do shows, make friends, be nice to people. Multiply. That's all it is. But that's all you've ever been. And you've given. You're always given energy. You let me and Xavier fucking come over. Just, hey, yeah, you... Come on over, guys. Nice, you know, to see what people, I'm doing. nice to have people to work with. You know, exactly. Real but, people. But but that's what I'm talking about, bro. That's why I think it's an energy. You know I'm an energy, obviously. Like It's that give and receive nature. And that's my opinion as to why people are now, you know what I mean? I remember we were like coming up, and, and, I'm, and, and I'll speak for myself. Like People didn't want to pay attention to me. In my opinion, because of my talent. Some people were intimidated. You were never one of those people. You're just like, if you're a dope artist, let's work. Let's work. You know what I mean? I'm a dope artist. You were never really insecure. You understand? Like so many people nowadays are insecure. And looking for validation. That's what it's just gonna hit. Yep. Yeah. And we it's like, I've never needed that. That's why you've been, you know, I I that's why I like I tell you that you're an inspiration to me. You know I what I mean? That. Because when I when I started Really going after this, I was like, I got to do this on my own. And then I just thought, ah, Cato. Ah, this guy. Mm -hmm. Ah, this guy. And this is all I've ever wanted to do, you know? But it took me, I spent eight years in the studio learning the sound. Mm -hmm. How do you make things sound good? Mm -hmm. It's a fucking journey, bro. If I like, you talk about like the experience now, like had I learned, known what I know now back then, Game over, but I know it now. Right. I'm still hungry. I'm still learning. Now we have connections. Now we're doing things, you know, from, you know, the fighting to the podcast to whatever. You're fucking, you still have the opportunity. You just said numbers are killing it in Europe. 
you could come out of retirement whenever you want and you still have this over here. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? It's like the, 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 uh, the never-ending climb, and that's, in my opinion, what people are responding to. They're not responding, and yeah, you're having success and promotion, but I think they see the never-ending climb and the energy that you continue to put into things. Because that's what I hear when people reach out to me. They're like, dude, how are you just doing all these things? Because I'm fucking focused. I'm hungry as fuck. I'm focused and I'm hungry. I don't have anything else. You see my space. I became a minimalist so I could fucking focus, focus. on this, mm. on everything else, and on building. That's it. So speaking of focus, not yeah. to get off no, 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 topic. No, no, you're good. You're good. You're good. Uh, I saw this thing on Instagram. I wish I could remember the guy's name, but he's like one of those entrepreneur inspirational speakers. Not Gary Vee. Yeah. He's the man. Yeah. Uh, this guy said something about um, like how many neurons are firing in your head in the human brain every like 10 seconds yeah. and it's like in the billions yep. and he said that that's like your brain can stream like some ridiculous number of HD movies all at one time mm-hmm. that your brain can physically do even though we only are using like what is it 10 or 12% yeah. of our actual brain capacity yeah. and he said the reason why people who focus are successful is because they know how to turn all of those movies off Yes. and I was like that might be one of the dopest fucking metaphors and analogies I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> I was like, that literally is what focus fucking feels like. Yep. Like just fuck all this bullshit. And mm-hmm. it, I love rap, but like that to me, what was that is what was holding me back to getting to my calling. Bro. That was that was distracting me yes. from focusing on something that could that I could quit my job for. Mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong, like it's been a bumpy fucking road. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, being on your own. But I constantly have to remind my wife, most women are, are usually more insecure than, than men are. Yeah, at least, of course, at least men don't show it as much. Oh, yeah, for sure. Women show it more. Show it different ways. It's probably, probably pretty equal. Yeah, yeah, show it in different ways. But, yep. um, you know, when, when, when certain situations changed for me and consulting agreements ended or this ended and I was still doing all this other stuff, like she'd always be like, oh, how are you going to make this work? And I'm always just like, just trust me. I know what the fuck I'm doing. Yes. Like, it may not look like it. I may go play ball in the middle of the fucking day, but like my brain is always, always going, always going, always focused on the prize. Mm-hmm. And real quick, funny story. There, a good friend of mine. Her name is Sylvia Oak. She used to be the. Uh, they called them curators, but she was the GM at the Radisson Reb. Nice. We had worked out this really good uh, business relationship, and she became a friend. Well, she's left them since then, and uh, she was telling me uh, something about being in a position that is her that feels right feels right for her yeah and uh she's like even if the money's good she's like well that'd be like you you know all of a sudden breaking in to doing jazz concerts mm-hmm. and i was like well if the money's there money is my number one motivator mm-hmm. pleasing people is not <laughs> but i was like if, yeah that's a learned skill that's, that's if, if jazz yeah. was all of a sudden the only genre i did Maybe I'd be less passionate about it because I'm not a jazz fan. Mm-hmm. But if it just became like another wing and arm of the shit that I'm able to do, fuck it. Let's do it. Yep. Let, give me some jazz records right now. Let's fucking go. Yep. I will do this to the best of my ability. Yep. Where are we going with that? We're talking about authenticity. You're talking about um, uh, focus, just focus. And, yeah, focus and authenticity mostly. But, you know, go, going off of that... Um, it's just, it's just so cool to see the journey. Like, they don't know, man. They don't know. Like, I came and I saw you and I was, you were working on Pro Tools. And I just remember you sitting, I, asking you questions about mixing. You know, why are you doing that? Or how do you do that? Or why are you adding this little flair? And I remember you doing it. And now it's like, I'm here. I remember watching all those tutorials you know, uh, or uh, going on gearsluts.com mm-hmm. to figure out what I fucking needed for equipment and right. all this stuff to now be self-sustaining. That's what it's about, yep. man. You're self-sustaining. I'm self-sustaining. I don't need anybody. I can make all my own beats. I can produce all my own stuff. I can record all my own stuff. I can mix all my own stuff. I still obviously use Casey and Good Look Studios, you know what I mean? Because he's the man. He makes my shit sound great. Um, but we don't need them. Mm-hmm. You don't need anyone now to do anything that you're doing i didn't need Corey when he reached out to me because i was self-sufficient yeah but i will say that Corey barton cool nerd productions was instrumental in my 
development. Yes. And getting me to the next level. Yes. Casey, same for me. Yes. Absolutely. Because got to have good people in your corner. Of course, man. Like, I remember when he would look at me, and especially when we're talking about like music, he'd be like, I'm going to high pass filter this. I didn't know what high pass filter was, but I'm going to high pass filter this. I'm going to take out all those unwanted frequencies that you don't need mm. because you don't need all this in like this, this kick thing that you have here. You don't need all of that. And I go, well, what, but what do you mean? I, I like the way that that sounds. Like, you don't know what you don't know. No. Like, you just don't. And now it's cool because we're here. But I think we're both only getting started with everything that we're doing. That's how I feel. Real yeah. quick about Corey, when you talk about taking out the high frequencies and stuff. Yeah. Uh, I actually, when I first started working with Corey, I was still doing dummy mixes myself. Okay. Which was a horrible, horrible thing to do. <laughs> because I got into I got into this process where I was doing the dummy mix. And that's what I was going off of listening to for days and days and days. Oh, and then I, I would have turned the session over to him right after I had done a dummy mix. And then he would send me back his version, and I'm like, wait a second. I've got this sound in my head of what I was doing. I've got your, and I'm like, what the fuck? And then I had to start like bringing more people into the mix and being like, which one do you like better? Every time, even though mine was a dummy mix, and I'm not, no one was judging the mix, it was like the sound that he created. People were like, dude, Corey. Yep, Corey. Of course. Like my biggest song ever is called Take Him Down. That song uh, collectively has like 2 million streaming on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Like gamers pick that shit up. Yep. It's my highest stream song on Spotify, Apple Music. Mm -hmm. And I released a version that I loved mm -hmm. that I recorded in my closet in Seattle. Mm -hmm. And then one of my, my buddies was like, hey, man, why don't you let Corey do a, a new clean mix of this? Let him do some pitch correction and stuff because there was some, some like yeah. singing in it and I was like oh, I'm like really yeah remember that you, yeah really, I know that feeling I know I'm really attached to this version of the song yeah. and then he redid it and I, I didn't like it at first yes, I was like I don't fucking like this and my buddy was like dude this is this is the one yes and I was like you gotta listen yep. and now I'm like yeah that's the one <laughs> mine <laughs> mine was not even fucking close to this close but to this bro level. I mean that's the thing like we as artists that's why I respect you you know what I mean because you get it you're so attached to the music you know what I mean like, you put your work in, you have this vision, and you get it to a point where you're like, oh, I like this, how it sounds. And then you, for some context, you throw another mix in, or you come back a week later, mm -hmm. and you're like, holy fuck, what was, what, I was, I <laughs> yeah. Yeah. what was I thinking? What was I thinking? Well, that, that, that same mentality is transferred over into what I'm doing now. Okay. Um, just being attached to things. And for the growth of the company, it's... You talking about, like, results and outcomes? Or just so like we're talking about uh, back in 2009, me doing every A to yeah. Z, right? Yeah. I'm still A to Z guy. Yeah. I do have people that are instrumental to me now. Yeah, same. Buddy Vegas, um, Kevin, Loesch, Leish. I hear his voicemail and it's different than how yeah. I say it in my I head. Got you. I got you. Um, they help me out, but it's like I have a hard time letting go because the brand is something that came, started with me, Cato. All my handles were Cato Live Music was looking for a way to not have Cato Live Music Presents. Okay, then the acronym came in, mm -hmm. CLM Presents. Yep. So, like, the growth of the brand is something that I hold near and dear to my fucking heart. Yes. And letting go of that is very difficult. Letting go of, of uh, responsibility uh, is very fucking difficult to do. Rel of course. Even if you have reliable people, just putting your phone down and knowing that they'll text you when the event's over. Yeah, it's very. It's still to this day very, very. We got six fifty nine. Still yeah. very difficult for me to do. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, you know, I have talks with some of my business partners. One second, let's make sure we're still on. Yeah, you're good. You're good. Um, he's got. He, he's he's got appointments booked. Appointments booked. He's coming back. He made time for this. So excuse. Sorry. As we. So we wrap, you know, so we get it going. But you know, it's an honor to to have you here, anyways. You know what I mean? Because like, this is this is a journey, man. Like, there people get to see it. Like, people are starting to like be able. We're painting a picture for motherfuckers. We are. You understand what I'm saying? Yep. Like, I remember before I, I was recording out of my dorm, not knowing what the fuck I was doing. To now, we're here. You're putting on shows. Have had you know crazy success with that. It's like. This is storyline shit, but it's not even... Well, I said this in the first podcast episode, and this is 100% true. Uh, you, you talked about how people are, are gravitating more towards... They, they see the journey. Mm -hmm. um, 
there is a perception of success that people think go with this that is not accurate. Yes. Um, I have been so fucking lucky this year that I have made wiser decisions based upon knowledge that has been imparted to me by people who are smarter than me, mm-hmm. learning to let go of my ego a little bit more. I'm still mm-hmm. egotistical. I'm still, I'm still Cat We're Olive. Artists. I'm still a, still a fucking dick. We're artists, man. But thinking of what they would do in this instance, what should I do better? How can I make this better? And I'll say it right now, I will only have three shows that have lost me money this year, which that in itself to me, is a fucking massive win. That doesn't mean I'm just rolling in dough. Yeah, yeah, of course. But that means I made better decisions. And ironically, the three shows that I lost money on were with the same agent. So that's, that's not going to happen anymore. Interesting. But, you know, I've... But that's learning in itself. It is learning in itself. I'm just... Better negotiation tactics, more proving yourself over and over to where they trust you more and more. They'll same. give you better rates. They'll give yep. you more dates. Sounds Knowing, like similar with fighting. Oh, yeah, 100%. You know what I mean? Because Let's talk about that. Stop talking about me. Let's talk about fighting. Well, I mean, no, I'm just saying in general, like, you talked about agents where you're losing money. Now I'm, you know, I'm working with agents. I'm working with, like, you I got know, about 15 minutes. Yeah, now. you're good. You're good. So I want to talk about you. Actually, I, yeah, I want to yeah, ask you this question. Yeah, for sure. Because I remember, the like, not very first time I met you, but I remember you were talking about the wrestling, the issue with the NCAA came yeah. up with music and all that. Mm-hmm. And I asked you, I don't know if I asked you in this manner, but we were talking about it, and I said, what are you going to do? And I remember you telling me that you were going to fight in the MMA. Yeah. You told me that like 10 fucking years ago. Mm-hmm. And then I moved. We kind of drifted apart. Mm-hmm. We're still friends on social media, yeah, obviously. Yep. Um, I saw you doing some, some uh, sales type stuff, yep. some, some work. Wasn't, some really, business. wasn't really paying attention to all that. Yep. I was yep. going through my own thing. Yep. And then randomly out of nowhere... Joel Bauman pops up in my feed with the ESPN link. If you just fucking, call, I show that to everybody. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, wait, wait, up, oh, done. Because yeah. you could just hear that. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I want to ask, like, how did you go? Like, were you still training while you were doing the sales stuff? Were you? Was it something that the sales stuff ended and you were like looking? No. What am I gonna do? Yeah. So I mean, how did the opportunity present itself? Yeah. So like, Evolve was the company that kind of got me back on my feet. We talked about the injury. Mm-hmm. Like I had suffered my fifth concussion, was like looking at never competing again. One of the products got me back on my feet. And that's when I started sharing it, making an income because my story was crazy. Mm-hmm. And I, we helped, we built that company from 300 customers to 30,000 in Minnesota over the course of like you know, two years. So like money was rolling in. I was able to start working on music full time. And I moved out to Woodbury when, uh, when I had my twin boys. And that's when I was like, I just want to start training. I have money now. I have money. I have time. All I'm doing is sitting at home. Working how, old on your, how old are your boys? Uh, they're four now. Four. You know what I mean? So five I'm, and two. Five and two. Hey, it's good to be a dad. Bags and wrinkles, it's baby. Good to be a dad. You uh, don't have that, that problem. You're too pretty. Oh, come on now. You know, but that's when I started. I was like, okay, I'm doing music now. I'm living that dream. What other dream am I making? Oh, fighting. Uh-huh. And but the only reason I'm not fighting is because I'm continuing to make an excuse that I'm too busy doing other things, so I had to cut the excuse. And then my company introduced this buy one, yeah, exactly, uh, this buy one nourish two program where like our goal is to eradicate malnutrition from the planet. And I said, that's a perfect platform. Yes. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's a perfect platform to go, I don't have an excuse not to fight anymore. Do I can, you understand? I can, I'm not to cut you off, but I, yeah. one thing I learned and I can actually see it in your face and talking to you is that mm-hmm. you have to take every situation as an opportunity. I used to just listen to people talk and then just be like, oh, whatever, that was a waste of my time. <laughs> now I hear people talk about their business endeavors yeah, and yeah. I hear them and I'm like, okay, you sound like someone that I could A, learn from or yeah. B, maybe there's, a fi- there's some sort of business thing here that could Always. happen. Always. Now, answer. Yeah, you're good. You're good. What's up, babe? Ooh, the wife. So, um... Jeffrey Epstein no, go to the, was go to the homepage, was go to the silk browser murdered. It's, like, it's the Amazon's web browser, and it's gonna come out. It's, it's definitely gonna come out that he was off of recording the podcast. Who right did now, it? Okay. Who did it? No we know who did it, so we need to stop acting like we don't. Jeffrey, if you're left. in heaven. Wherever you are, probably perfect. We know where you are. Wish we 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 wish you the worst. Okay, 
So opportunities, you, you saw an opportunity, you grabbed it? Saw an opportunity, grabbed it, and like I've always known that I am what I'm capable of. I've always been afraid of hurting people. And so like the journey has for me has been like I've never really let go in a fight. Even that fight that you saw with the whole ESPN thing, I was still super reserved. Like I have every practice, like if I hit somebody, I apologize. I still to this day. You looked to the You're good. You looked uh composed. Which I think fighters are supposed to be yeah. when they start getting into ground and pound. Which yeah. I'm, I'm a huge fan of MMA. I've watched yep. it since Spike Days, 2005. Yep. Forrest exactly. Griffin fight. That yep. was. Um, exactly. But you just even when you were pounding, I felt like at any moment you could have put him out. Yeah. That's what it, that's what it looked like, and mm-hmm. you were just like. Uh, 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 I was uh. trying to connect smart. Yeah, you know, I was trying to connect just to because I wanted him to go out. But he's a tough son of a bitch, and that's when I'm like. Fuck. And if you even watch that kick where I kicked him, you know, in the chin, I pulled, I didn't commit to that. I just threw it up there. It was accurate. It's like a Taekwondo. It didn't look kick. like a, it didn't look like you used your whole. Yeah. Because the fight was over. I knew the fight was over. I was just trying to end the fight. But Did it hurt when I'm you sa- kicked him? No. But what I'm saying is like, I'm still reserved. I just went like, I went up to, uh, I went up another weight class, right? And to fight this guy in two weeks' notice, he's 11-0. Bellator has been hyping him up. By the way, I was really pissed off about that. I saw you post, mm-hmm. and uh, I told Megan, I was like, yo, Joel, I showed Megan the ESPN clip, and I was yeah. like, Joel's going to fight on Bellator. And yeah. she's like, well, what's it on? I'm like, I think it's like on the Paramount Network or yep. something. Yep. And I was like, we're going to watch this shit. Mm-hmm. So I kept checking. I checked the schedule, and yep. I was like, it showed Bellator start at 9. Yep. And I didn't see you post about when you were going to fight on the card. Yeah. Yep. As soon as it came on TV, I start watching it, and I'm like, "It's all online." Yeah, it was. I'm like, "What the fuck?" Time. Yeah. So like, I I googled the Bellator fight card, and mm-hmm. I was like, "Fuck!" Because I even one, yeah. I even Instagrammed. I was like, "Yo, about to watch Joel Bauman whoop this dude's ass," and yeah. I probably missed your fight by like an hour. Yeah, it was. It was. I a was prelim. I thought it was. I thought it was potentially going to be on TV as well, but it is what it is. But like I said, I went up on two weeks' notice, and like for that fight, it was like I was battling so. There's a lot of people like don't know the things that I was battling behind the scenes. But still going in, like, nervous to hurt someone. Bro, like, I was, my best kick is an oblique kick. John Jones, straight to the knee, right? I've always been afraid to do that, though, because of where I would have to go mentally. Now, after that fight, especially losing to that dude who's kind of a douchebag, like, and knowing damn well I could have easily won that fight. And I just put my, yeah, you know what I mean? It's like. All right, now I'm doing this. If I if I'm doing this, I gotta um, hurt these. I gotta go. I gotta hurt them. It's done. Like I gotta get over myself. You gotta focus on the letting prize. it go. You know what I mean? I gotta focus on letting it go. I've been a nice guy for so long. Gotta stop. You can still be a nice guy. I know. You but just that's have, why I do the music. Like you the just music. have you just have two versions of yourself. Yes. You have Joel. That when you step in the ring, forget everything. Yeah. It's. I know. I mean, yeah. Pet Pettis said it in his little fucking uh, his little promo. My job is to punch him until the referees stop me. Yes, that's how you. I'm not telling. I'm yeah, not. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. not trying to get in the mind of a fighter what For it's sure. like to step in a ring with For these sure. fucking animals. But the other if thing that's is, what like, you, I never if, get hit. Like I never get hit. I never take damage. You know what I mean? But when I, I love getting hit. I love getting punched in the face. All right, let's go. Yeah, but when when I do, that like brings it out. But no one has ever even got close to like damaging me like that. You know what I mean? So. That's just kind of where I'm at with it, but well, if you know what your capabilities are, yes, that's the other thing. Just let it fly. Yeah, for sure. So that's and I, I, w- I wouldn't doubt it if uh, and I'm speculating, but watching a lot of these guys that fight in the ring probably fight at full tilt a lot. A lot of them because do. that's the only way they know how to do it, and yeah. even their full tilt is not is not yeah probably what. And there's probably a lot of guys that are just like you that have yeah. like this this reserve because they know what they're capable of. And mm-hmm. don't get me wrong, like you want to win fights, but at the end of the day, do people really, unless you're a psych, psychotic person, do you really want to hurt somebody? Like, do you yeah. really want to, if they have kids, like do you really want to, exactly. do you but really want to fuck this yeah. guy's face up exactly. to where he's unrecognizable yep. to his kids? Do you want to, exactly. do you want to break his kneecap to where he can never walk right again? Like, do you really want to do that? Yes. So maybe it's about finding more creative ways to win without doing I think that's why I do music, man. The that's damage. honestly like why I do music is to release that ego. Because I release it a lot through my music, but now I need to release it in the cage. And when people see that switch, that's when they'll really get an intro to like King Bao. Do you walk out to your own music? Yeah. Fuck yes. Always, man. You already know what it is. We're independent. We should find We're that track. We should find that track that we did. Clean that motherfucker yeah. up. That's your that's your new walkout. Fuck yeah, we'll figure it out. You know what I'm saying? Maybe I'll Can't come out of retirement and do a verse for you. 
what the fuck are we talking about? Where was Kato, the, any last words? Well, I mean, well, where was the, where was the Bellator fight at? Uh, we were down in where the fuck Oklahoma. It was it was the world's largest casino, but it was like there's nothing fucking around, bro. I bet. Um, it was an hour north of Dallas. I don't remember the place. Like I just, it was terrible. No, but yeah. Well, I mean, last words are. Uh, you know, I, I, I feel like I'm super humble. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm super easy to talk to. And, uh, man, when people give me praise or, or give me props, like... You've always been that way, though. I'm so, like, thankful for that yeah. because it means the world to me. And like I told you before we even started this, like, the perception of me and the brand is everything to me mm-hmm. because it's literally my life's work. Yes. It is so fucking important to me that people know that I'm... I'm authentic. Mm-hmm. I'm a real person. Um, I'm about my shit. So hearing you say this about me, like I appreciate it. I of know course. you. I know you felt it, but like, of course, yeah. I haven't seen you in a hot minute. I mean, bro, but like that's why I had to tell you off the rip. Like you see me doing it now, mm-hmm. but where did I see that in the beginning from? You understand what I'm saying? I've like, had I've had people tell me that based upon my work ethic back in the day, even though I felt like I was struggling or not doing anything, mm-hmm. people were like, "Man, you're gonna do something sometime." Yeah, of course. Like you're too. You're too, uh. you're too, yeah, you, you always were going, you were always were working, and that's why the respect is there, I appreciate you always coming through, you know what I mean, this is, this platform, this is all, whenever you need it, whenever you want it, any way I can help build your brand, that's why I had to invite you. Well, now that, now that we're back in touch, like, we're gonna, when I come back in town, when I was making that ironic joke earlier, is I thought, hey, if I'm gonna do promotion, I can do this remotely, but I have a hard time letting go, yeah. and when it's my money on the line, I have to be there. Exactly. I have to. I have to see uh, the fruits of my labor. Bro. I have to make sure that everything's That's why done we're right here. That's why we're I mean, here. I may uh, get a little fucking cod or blow up thing, and we just start. Uh, fuck yeah, man! For sure, we could I, do a co-host. I could. I, I could pro- we could do this a lot more. Yeah. I could shave hours off your recording time. Yeah, for sure, man. For sure. I could go watch you fucking. He could be the new co-host. You know what I mean? We could do a split. We could. We'll talk. This could be a new thing, dude. We'll talk. But yeah, actually, this la- last point is uh, we talked about this earlier. I see you doing great things. Appreciate I'm, it, I'm fucking super happy for you. Appreciate it. Um, I know the NCAA thing really fucked you up at that time, and I know I haven't been in your life long enough to know what you've gone through, but it yeah, looks yeah. like you're 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 I'm focused. Yeah, you're we're, focused. We're there. We're and there, uh, if there's any way that I can personally help you, you. or business wise help you, mm-hmm. man, I would love to yeah. figure out something that for sure that helps the Joel Bauman brand <laughs> always and the. To the Crown Productions. Crown com. Productions and the, and the King Bao. Yeah. King Bao brand. Absolutely. And I Absolutely. would watch out for this dude. Seriously. It's coming. Seriously, this dude is a fucking animal. Kato, so tell him where to find your podcast. Uh, everywhere. Spotify, Apple Music, yep. Apple Podcasts. Oh, we'll link it in here. What's the name? Google. Of it? It's Cat Olive Chronicles. Cat Hashtag Olive Cat Chronicle. Olive Chronicles. Dope. Look for the artwork with the cat with the beer cans and the big set of balls. Because <laughs> you have to have a huge set of balls to work in this industry. We got such dope fucking art. And it's dope you know as fuck. I, mean? I appreciate you, man. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate you coming through. Let's get you to your next appointment. Appreciate you guys watching. Shout out to Bo Weber, Music in Minnesota. Yes. 